Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or a real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you successfully sued a corporation only to have the principal claim it had no assets. What did you do? Dennis, we showed after the judgment there was a pattern of the principal taking money out of the corporation for his own personal purposes. And the outcome? After examining and documenting the corporation bank statements, we showed a pattern where the principal was using the corporation as his own personal piggy bank. We were able to show that he personally had a lot of money and should be the real defendant. He thought he could get away with everything by hiding behind the skirts of the corporation, but now he's personally liable. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. Podcast, always a pleasure. With me, my good friend and producer, Ari David. Um, Who eats like a great white shark. Yes, yes, yes apparently. We, we've, <laughs> it's an online, offline discussion that uh, we just had about uh, how people sometimes eat. All right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, some, some, well, you know, it's funny. You know, I'm going to go with this a little bit. Okay, you know how, how, you just talked about how some people eat, uh, they can eat or e- either eat correctly, which, you know, for human beings at least, that means that you, you chew your food slowly over time, and, and then at an appropriate moment, that's when you swallow. Got it. And some people rush through their foods, and they, they don't chew enough, and it's not good for you. It also doesn't look very nice or elegant. Uh, so for all the right reasons, you want to eat slowly. Okay. The same thing is true with so many other things in life, right? You want to act in a measured way. And that applies to, I don't know, drinking, let's say, drinking alcohol, right? You, you don't want to just grab a glass of wine or bourbon or whatever it is that you're drinking and just slug it down, right? It, you got to pace yourself. So we, we actually said that before, right? And, uh, you know, you also, when you dress, you don't just kind of throw on anything that you see. You kind of think a little bit. You, you take it in a measured way. You, you, you don't wear stripes with stripes, for example, a mistake that I once made and, and learned very quickly not to do it again. <laughs> um, but you, you take stock about your wardrobe. You see what's wrinkled, what's not, and then you, you know, want to do the appropriate attire. You know, this is for a wedding. Um, do I wear a tux versus the suit? You get the idea. Polish your shoes. Take some time, right? Likewise, uh, uh, any number of things, the way you pay your bills, the way you, you write a note to somebody, you, you, you have to be a little bit measured. Think about it, right? Uh, when you do an investment, for example, you don't just say, oh, that's a good investment, throw you know, $50,000 and plunk it down. You analyze it. The same th- thing is true with romance, isn't it? Right? You may see a pretty girl. And then suddenly to say, oh, I, I want to be with her, and she's, uh, she wants to be with you, and next thing you know, you're, you're in bed. Is that, is, no, of course not. Uh, a whole bunch of hurt feelings can be involved there. So it's interesting we talk about this because um, it really applies to many different areas, right? How we deal with sex, how we deal with romance, how we deal with 
uh, our relationships with different people. Or Iran's nuclear program. <laughs> Iran's nuclear program. Yes, you're getting ahead of where I'm going to be, but it's a very good point. I was getting impatient. Uh, you're getting impatient. Get to the point, Larry. <laughs> but, but don't you see? Isn't that interesting, though? I mean, it, you, you have to think these things through. You don't just, you know, throw bombs, right? It, it, when it comes to war, you, you think it out. You plan it out. And I'm not even just talking about strategy, which strategy itself is a form of, of exercising patience and acting in a measured way. But there is reason for that, because you want to minimize your losses. You want to make the, the right decisions and maximize your results. That's the way it works. And... And it's an interesting thing. Uh, I think of uh, monsters like ISIS, right? And they, you know, are trying to gobble up as much as they can around them, right? And they, they bring in all these monstrous people who are psychotic in and of themselves, right? Well, uh, and, and what happens? They end up doing horrific things to themselves and to other people. And... Right now, so, so they gobble up these people, they, they do these horrific things, they enslave these, these people, a lot of them for sexual purposes, and then, surprise, surprise, they have AIDS. They have a huge AIDS epidemic. I think, Ari, you sent me an article to this effect, right? And they have AIDS centers now where they have to try to figure out how to help these people who are dealing with AIDS, only, of course, for the, for the fighters themselves. But this is what they're doing because of their recklessness. And I'm not saying, <laughs> ISIS fighters, please pace yourselves uh, among your sex slaves. No, on the contrary, I'm saying you, you guys are all monsters. I hope you all die a vicious death. But it's, uh, it's interesting to me how, how the world does not think in a measured way. And uh, you, you brought up the example of Iran. Here's Iran uh, and the way we're dealing with Iran in particular. We've got to get a treaty. You know, we just never stop to think about what it would be like to have such a treaty. And, 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 and in effect, it would only be a piece of paper. It's like going to a used car salesman and saying, I'm not leaving this lot without a car today. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. or, or just, you know, take, what is it? How much do you want for it? 30000 You got it. <laughs> you know, for a tw you know, 2006 model, you know, T-Bird or something. Um, that you, you got the idea. It's, it's just, it's really, the, the measured thing is, is really shocking to me. Likewise with um, the way people have been gunning for constitutional rights. You know, we talked a lot about the, um, the same-sex marriage um, opinion that recently came down from the Supreme Court. Measured, my friends. Pace yourselves, right? One step at a time. Don't try to gobble up everything, to use the eating metaphor again. Don't, don't try to force and ram down your rights down everyone else's. Don't you want people to, to feel, hey, I'm, I'm riding the wave with you, right? Don't, don't suddenly pluck me from the wave and tell me this is where you need to be. You know, this, this, this was your moment. And I, as if I'm saying it to the gay activists out there, this was your moment simply to let it rise. Show, show what cool, easygoing people you are. Or what we usually say to a sports team that acts like nincompoops after they win, act like you've been there before. Yeah. And didn't Obama... I posted this on social media. I wanted to run it by you. You saw the uh, White House lit up like a rainbow, right? Yes. Didn't Obama say after bin Laden was dispatched, we don't want to be seen as spiking the football? Right. 
what is painting the White House the colors of the rainbow other than spiking, <laughs> spiking the, the football? football? Yeah. Yep, it's absolutely right. It's um, it's a very strange um, a strange animal. The, the the president, his administration, the way they race to to whatever they do. Um, and you can say, well, what are you talking about, Barack and, and Ari? Uh, when it comes to the Iranian deal, for example, <clears throat> look how long it's been taking to get this treaty. We're going back and forth. You think if they just wanted a piece of paper, they would have uh, gone home a long time ago, and it would have been a piece of paper and nothing that you can enforce and such. But no, 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 Mr. Lurie and Mr. David, we're going uh, forward and we're negotiating. And, and in fact, we just extended the date from June 30th to July something. And uh, that's because we want to get what's right for us, Mr. Lurie. Oh, okay. liberals just love to ignore the obvious because yeah. it just gave them more time to build unencumbered by regulation. Well, the same way all those negotiations with Saddam Hussein in the run-up to Gulf War Number 2 <clears throat> gave him chances to dispatch and stow his WMD program to the far corners of the region. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. And, and the, the very fact of negotiating with these people is a, a race because the race is not necessarily – I mean, it's a race. He wants a piece of paper. But he has to actually show something for it, right? There, there has to be a little bit of something. To us or to them, though? I'm still confused uh, Yeah, about well, that. that's a good point. <laughs> to, to us as a nation, of course, he wants to show something that he can, at least with a straight face, say that he extracted out of the deal. Okay, so that's the reason why. But it, it doesn't matter, folks, because what, what matters is the process itself is, is a rush. It's, it's, uh, it's tripping over. It's, it's swallowing the food whole, as it were, because... By golly, he's got to get that food in his body. He's, he's got to, he's got, there's no measurement whatsoever in this process. That's what concerns me about this administration. And going back to the, to the Supreme Court and the laws that, particularly Obamacare, Obamacare was a great example of, of, of what we're talking about, isn't it? Now that I think about it, there was, there was no measurement. They, they rushed us through. You know, we've got to sign this. I remember one congressman, a Republican congressman, no, no less, was saying, we don't have time. We've got to deal with this now. And one nice townsperson said, why? Why do we have to rush through this, sir? Why, why are you, you know, kind of razzle-dazzling me saying that you've got no time, like a, like a used car salesman, like you just said? Why? Why can't we be a little bit more measured? We've waited, we've waited for decades for this glorious moment for socialized medicine. Why can't we wait another month, let's say? Why, why now? Is there some you know, timetable that some other country has thrown upon us? Yeah, it looks like the Tea Party's going to win the election six months. And uh, Oh, I see, you know. I see. Yeah, that's the issue. Well, no, of course, that's the, that was the reason why. But, but measured. And, and I think the theme of, of this podcast is really about acting in a measured way. And it's hard to think of just about anything that I would encourage anyone to not act in a measured way. I'm, I'm sure it's out there. I'm just, I just can't think of anything right now. Uh, well, there, there's one very simple, okay. very obvious example. Trayvon Martin, Officer Wilson. Hmm. When your life is on the line, yeah. Okay, yeah. A truck is coming at you. Yeah. Get, get, Jump get the, out of the way. Get, get out of the hit way. The brakes. Yeah. That, that's a fight or flight thing. I I appreciate yeah. it and I agree with what you just said. Yeah. There's no time to yeah. be but intellectual what, about this. Right, I, I what, get it. But what is congruent with your example is yeah. those are rare, extraordinary examples right. that are not supposed to happen and do not happen to most people most of the time. Right. And I'm not talking about you know that we should all be Hamlets, right? Where you know where you, where you end up hesitating. 
meditating, shall I kill my uncle and such like that, right? And, and the whole world falls apart. On the contrary, I, I do believe in taking action. I, I think it is important to make decisions. I mean, we should have a whole podcast on the value of just making decisions because a decision, you know, it, it, not making a decision is in fact a decision and you need to understand that. Fine. But, but I'm, not, I'm not talking about being a Hamlet. I'm talking about um, thinking things through and simply saying, look, what happens? Yeah, yeah, that girl's cute, but you know, what if uh, you know? She doesn't speak English. Well, no, right. well, not that, but but what if she has a disease, right? I mean, you have to think. I was thinking, like, what if her father is involved in organized crime? What that's if, that's you, true. You know, that's true. What if she has a husband who has some right violence issues? I, I have come to appreciate the wisdom of saying, you know, people should wait, you know, for a long time before they engage in uh, activity. Amorous activity, shall we say. Um, and, and some people say, no, you should wait until you're married. And I, I respect that, too. I, I don't subscribe to that necessarily. I think you know, intimacy is something that you want to explore first uh, and get to know. But, but certainly, I have to tell you, I think I can be as open as I can about this. I have never engaged in what they call a one-night stand. Okay, I, I just didn't believe in it. Or, for that matter, even to, to uh, be amorous, shall we say, on the very first date. Okay? I might give a, a peck on the cheek, maybe even make out. Okay? But that's it. Yeah, my punchline that's on the tip of my tongue, and, you know, I have, er, yeah. you know, I have impulse control, so I have to immediately say, it takes a whole night? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you. How about 10 minutes? Dan? I can't work under these conditions. <laughs> Yeah, right. But, but you get the point, my friends. You know, you got to, um, I mean, part of the reason why is I, I, I just feel like, well, why entangle myself about this? I don't even know this, this woman, right? I mean, it's so intimate. And it's even more intimate, generally speaking, for the woman, right? Regardless, it's intimate. The, the process is an intimate one. And I don't want to wake up the next morning and, and say, what have I done? Or, you know, is she really the right one or anything? I don't want that. I waited three, four, five dates, even longer if you can. You know, don't just keep it nice and light. Get yeah, to know the person. Get yeah. to understand her uh, wants and loves and, and uh, her passion about life and what's interesting. You know, you've got, you got plenty of time for the intimacy thing, if, if you even want to be there. And you know what? Sometimes after three or four dates, you realize, whoop. There's something about this woman. I don't know if I really want to pursue this because, gosh, that can be, and it often happens at the third or fourth date. This is a long process. You know, I I mean, a lot of firms, uh, law firms and companies for that matter, they're they're smart. They, They take an interview process and they invite people to come back several times. They don't just simply say, hey. I like the way you spoke and the way you shook your hand. You're hired. Yeah, it's like a date. You want to make sure they have more than one outfit. Right. You want to make sure that if they are on medication, it's consistent. <laughs> you want to make sure that, you know, they have a, a habit to their grooming habits that's consistent. All, all the obvious things, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, uh, because also I was going to make the point about the, you know, the 10 minute stand there. That intimate activity can lead to permanent lifestyle choices and alterations. And you really want those if, say, a certain thing is made because of the activity with someone who you absolutely don't know at all. Yeah. I mean, that can be, that's a lot of commitment. There are a lot of um, 
people who are a little bit off out there, I'm not even talking about crazy people, just people who are off. And, and those people who are off are able to uh, seem to be very stable. For one night, they can, they can do it. <laughs> they can... Uh, I know I can. <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Ladies, do not go out with this man. <laughs> Don't I, worry. I, I, I'm showing you a picture now. Right? <laughs> Beware. I already dated. Okay, but 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 at least he's warning you, right? I mean, anyway, uh, but but the third or fourth day, you begin to okay. So this is not really about dating; it's about being measured, and take these opportunities. Life, yes, it's short in its own way, but there's also enough time to not be hasty. Let's put it that way. And you know why what you just said is so brilliant? Hmm. Because the decisions that are being engaged in by those we're talking about here are not decisions that have to do with their own lives. They're negotiating on behalf of others and on behalf of other generations. Yeah, that's So right. when you make a deal with Iran, this is something that's going to have ramifications for maybe a century, maybe longer. Yeah. Don't you want to take your time and, you know... Think it through. Just talk yeah. to a few people. Um, you, know, you know, understand the nature of... The, uh, of diplomacy with dictators, for example. How does it work? How has it worked in the past? What can we learn from the, from the history books? Hmm, I wonder if something like this has ever happened before. Hmm. And I'm a leader now, a leader, as it turns out, of, of the most powerful country in the free world, and for that matter, the entire world. And uh, the decision I make is going to have an impact. So I ought to maybe learn from history. And it turns out, who knew, there are some books on this subject and it turns out that there are a lot of historical events that might inform you as to what to do in the present day. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but according to my <laughs> philosophy, he did consult those books, and the path he's taking is exactly right for the result he wants. Yes, that's true. It's, it's measured in his, in his own way. I right. see what you're saying. Uh, you know, the, the problem about uh, measured, when we use that word, uh, it, it suggests thoughtful, it, it, it it suggests that you want a, de- a desirable and, and good and, and helpful and innovative uh, outcome, right? One that's good for society, one that's good for um, inventions and such like that. You would think that. But when it comes to somebody that wants mayhem, of course, <laughs> forget measurement. <laughs> you don't need measurement. You need simply to, all you need is a, is a dynamite stick, a, a hand grenade, or a, a, a gun that has rapid fire. Or better yet, even a match. You know, that's all you need. Or better yet, three news networks and two cable channels completely <laughs> in bed with you with yeah, a combined viewership of about 80 million people a night who are completely uneducated and will think you're actually telling the yes. truth. Yes, well, that's another story. But the point is that you don't need to be measured in that department. And, and our enemies, that's the, you know, what, what do they say about Israel and for that matter, America? We need to be uh, successful all the time. The bad guys need to be successful only once, right? And that's precisely because they're just, they're full of mayhem. That's what they do. That's their business. They don't think in measured terms. It's much easier for them. And for us to succeed in the good, we have to think in the measured way that we're, we've been talking about. Now, you made a very good point before, Ari, about um, decisions that impact um, our own country and our own civilization, maybe for 100 years. Uh, take, take for example, the recent decision, uh, the same-sex uh, disp- uh, marriage. Oh, opinion, I meant right? to say a thousand years. Sorry. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that could yeah. be a thousand years. It's true. But 
But take that as an example. Um, here's a decision, actually, when you think about it, made by one man, right? Kennedy. And he could have joined the conservative wing about this. You know, liberals do what liberals do. They, they, they want change. It's like asking a leopard to not have spots, right? This is, this is what they do. So I almost don't blame them. You know, they were nominated and appointed because they were, uh, had their wild, reckless liberal policy views. Um, but, but the other thing, the, the, on the conservative side, the reliable ones like Alito and Thomas and Scalia, you know, we can count on them for their position. So it's Kennedy, sometimes Roberts, who become the swing votes, and Kennedy in particular. And he's basically the one that makes the decision. One man decides whether or not... 320 million people live this way or that way. Yeah. What? One Unbelievable... Man. Corruption of a constitutional yeah, republic. It's 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 an unbelievable moment in history. Oh, oh, one more thing. He never won an election. Yeah. Well, even, even more bizarre. <laughs> now you're splitting hairs, sorry, David. <laughs> but but uh, okay. But but think about the consequences of this because the the, the long range impact of this. See what what he. I read the opinion, his opinion, and it was all full of feelings. I spoke about this on my Sunday show. The the. That's, it, it's such dribble. And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, I, I suppose it is, it, it is insulting. But it's just a bunch, of, it's a mishmash. And it's all about feelings. And his main point of feelings is, well, if you're a gay couple with a kid and, and you go from one state to the other and now all of a sudden your daddies or your mommies are no longer recognized in this new state that you've just crossed into, that's humiliating. He used that word, humiliation. And I, I thought, really, that's, that's where you're going to go with this? This is your logic here? You know, this is how you argue due process? And, what next? And, is it going to be illegal to walk out of a men's room with some toilet paper stuck to your pants? Because well, that's humiliating, too. Yeah, well, that, that there's, I have more examples from that. For, for example, uh, you know, you go from one state that doesn't have the death penalty to one that does have the death penalty. I, I would think that's a due process problem. You, you see the... Oh, right? yeah. Don't you think? Thank you for bringing up uh, an yeah. intelligent, real example. Uh, or or carry, so conceal, carry conceal laws, right? Yeah. We talked about this before, where you, you go in and, uh, you know, you're, you're allowed to uh, have a gun in one state, and you're not allowed in another state. Even to transport it, even if you're moving yeah. from one state to another and having to cross through one with your possessions. Right. So his logic is such that, well, under that scenario, then no laws are acceptable unless they're the same laws in every state. Right? I mean... Oh, there goes federalism. That was easy. Well, that's the, that's, that was my point on the, on the Sunday show. He, he actually hates federalism because you, you must... You can make this argument very easily as to so many other issues. Right? I mean... There's the hate speech in, in some places that are not hate speech in other places. And Carl's Juniors in the West Coast are called Carl's Juniors, and if you cross the Mississippi, they become Hardies. How do we deal with this? <laughs> but you yeah, know, that's, that's how ridiculous that. this is. Yeah, it, 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 there is a, a whole bunch of different issues at play, and the, the the fact that they didn't even think that their reasoning could now be used to create constitutional rights about just about anything that you can, that you can imagine. Um, why not have animals have constitutional rights, right? I mean, what's to stop that from happening? And we talked before about polygamy, right? Which I do not think whatsoever is an absurd scenario in the future. We've talked about it many times. Okay, and, and here's a scenario I talked about in my Sunday show. What happens if a third wife of a Muslim man in, let's say, Saudi Arabia, 
She and her family, her extended family, I guess, uh, arrive to America, and um, America says, hey, we don't recognize you as the third wife. We only recognize the first wife. How humiliating. How humiliating for her and her child. And her family. Her child is not legitimate. Oh. Right? That's humiliating. Yeah. What, what, why is that at all different? I mean, putting aside the argument that you think that, that, that somehow polygamy, Mr. Lurie, will be somehow be the next issue of the day, we think that's absurd, blah, blah, blah. Put that aside. We've got immigrants coming up the wazoo from these Muslim countries who do, in fact, have polygamous relationships. What, why? What, what's going to happen then? I mean, if, if humiliation is now, is now the new standard. Well, and the point you're making is such a powerful one because it basically is saying they have to now be recognized by proxy. Right. And if they're going to be recognized by proxy, then why should Americans curtail their own behaviors and restrict themselves to the uh, number of two in a marital bond yeah. rather than uh, a I, multitude, of the course. floating point? And who are we to humiliate them for not you know, acknowledging their multiple polygamous relationship, right? I mean, it's, this, this is the kind of stuff when you don't take me- measured steps to think it through, when, when your, your, your desire is solely to be loved or to be perceived as the guy with a capital G who embraced same-sex marriage and made it a constitutional right. And, uh, you know, that glorious moment. You know, I, I agree with, I'm sure you agree too, with the liberals on one thing, that that decision was a huge event in America's history. Sure. Agreed. Absolutely. Right? We, now, we think it's a horrendous event. We think it's in line, in fact, it's worse than Roe v. Wade. Or Dred Scott. Yeah. I mean, it's that bad. Yeah, exactly, that bad. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, whereas they think it's the you know great moment uh, that that let them leap forward in, in the recognition of, of rights of something so uh, so out there. I mean, again, look, state by state, fine. We can disagree with it all day long. But if the people say yes to it, you know, the people are allowed to be stupid. Okay, but at least they voted for it. Or didn't vote. Or didn't yeah. reverse by a judge appointed by the no no. But, but, but that, that's not the point. Yeah, I, I'm not right. talking about. I'm saying. State by state, they had a referendum. They said, we're cool with gay marriage. And, you know, maybe they weren't cool with the first, then they had another referendum, and now they were okay with it. I mean, you know, polls have changed. Yeah. Attitudes have changed. For better or for worse, I don't care. That's not the point. But the point is, they would have gotten that easily. And all 50 states would have been there. And, but instead, one man usurps the whole process, and they don't think for a moment how this will impact Future decisions. Not for a moment. Yeah, because now the court, future conservative jurists don't have to be constrained by the deliberative traditions of conservatism. Right. Now, if we get a 6-3 majority on the court of uh, hopefully Antonin Scalia's and Clarence Thomas's, they'll just say, yeah, we're jumping to this. Injunction, automatic decision. We're not going to deliberate. We don't have to. We don't have Precedent to. Precedent is set. Tony Kennedy. Yeah. 2015. Done. Measurement is, uh, is one of the most important things you can establish. It's one of the, the distinctions between us as a civilized society and ISIS as, as an uncivilized monstrosity, right? Yeah, and, and, and I was going to bring up the word primitivism because 
Kennedy's decision and the lack of deliberative process, which is a hallmark of civilization, is an invitation of primitivism, right. as is the action decided by the court period, which is uh, a floating point definition of, of matrimonial unions, which right. is also a primitive concept. So this is where we're going to wrap it up for before the break and, and to simply talk about how we as a civil, civilization requires measurement. It requires planning. It requires seeing the greater good, not just for yourself, but for civilization as a whole. Uh, as I speak to you now, Ari, I'm looking outside and I see a bunch of buildings and each of those buildings had a lot of, they didn't just kind of just say, hey, this looks like a nice place for a building. Let's just start building, right? You know, before that, um, there was all sorts of plans ahead of time. They had to go to the city. They had to get permits. They had to talk about uh, conditional use permits. They have to talk about impacts upon the they city. They had to figure out how to acquire the land for the appropriate price and yeah. the appropriate profit and use of that land. Zoning was on involved. On and on and on. T- a tremendous yeah. amount of stuff and, and the right kind of chemicals. Yeah, and it's a miracle the buildings even exist here in <laughs> yeah. California at all <laughs> That's when you really think about That's it. That's a hey, good point. Um, but, but this is the, the nature of, of our civilization, things get, if you want to see how things get built quickly without measurement, I recommend you go to several small towns in Africa, okay? They're called mud huts. And that's, that's, that's what it looks like when you don't have measurement in your lives. Measurement is important in the, 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 the spouse that you eventually wed. It's important in the school that you go to, in the career that you choose, uh, in, in the way you drink, in the way that you eat, even in the way you sleep, the way you talk. I mean, even you and I are, as sometimes we joke around, of course, but we take our time. We have moments. Well, I don't, but you do. Well, okay, you just, <laughs> you just confounded my very point. It's like interrupting cow, right? Who's there, right? <laughs> but, even, but as we talk, we want to make a point. We think about it ahead of time. We think, okay, subject, verb, predicate. <laughs> And then the next sentence, and then the next sentence. And we even are more deliberative and more measured when we write, aren't we, right? We don't just start typing words. We have to understand that they go well together, and you want to make an impact, and you want to avoid a lot of exclamation marks. And <laughs> right? someone, because someone might see it someday. And That's it right. Be humiliating. Right. <laughs> and every time you hit send, you understand that, that as a lawyer, and, and for that matter, as a client, uh, for anybody out there, understand that any email that you send will one day end up as an exhibit in a trial. And if you understand that, you'll be measured in the way you communicate with other people. Okay? Measurement, my friends. And that's the very nature of law, to be measured before a judgment is rendered. And that is the distinction between us and them. This is Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a client who had opened up a food operation in a shopping center, but the landlord had misrepresented the amount of foot traffic that your client would get. Yeah, Dennis, and very quickly my client felt the impact, losing a tremendous amount of money each month. He had invested $250,000 in improvements into the business. All right, how did you resolve that one? It turns out that the shopping center was about to be sold, so we waited for just the right moment before the sale because we knew the landlord would 
not want to have to disclose this major lawsuit. Suddenly, he's settled for a lot of money. Sometimes you have to know how to time your luck. Well, that's another real success. Folks, I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. This is the Brucklery Podcast coming back. Uh, thanks for tuning back in. Uh, look, so it was an interesting talk, uh, the, the previous uh, segment about uh, being hasty and such. And it, it, this delves into a different issue, but I guess there's a nice segue here. As you know, there is a huge problem with the Greek national debt, right? As we speak today... Uh, Ari, what is the total amount of debt that uh, Greek, uh, the Greece owes? $215 billion or yeah, so. Euros, euros. Euros, yeah. Which is about a buck and a half. Right. Uh, a little less, but, but, but basically 215 euro, billion euros is something like 240 uh, or $245 do- billion. Dollars. So a huge amount of money. Okay. This uh, and, and that's that's for a relatively small country. Yeah, let me bring, keep talking. I'll tell you the population is it because yes, yeah. that's relevant. that's relevant. Yeah, eleven point three million people. Yeah, so that's a, a fairly tiny country, only slightly larger than Israel, by the way. And uh, to have that kind of obscene debt is really remarkable. Uh, and, a, and a corollary story: uh, Puerto Rico, which is not a country, of course, it's a, it's a, I guess a territory. Um, Yet they're all citizens of the United States. They um, they presently owe seventy two billion dollars, and this is a population of only three million. So and they owe it to you and me, right? Greek, the Greek debt is owed to the IMF or the European Union. So okay, I, I got it. it's a, it's personal. When it comes it's to personal, but, but the point is that there is a massive amount of debt, and the question should be, but it's not posed as such. The question should be, how did we get here? How has this come to pass, right? Now, the answer is quite easy. Uh, It is because of all sorts of promises that the government has made, government overreach, generally speaking, a lot of voter referendums on ideas that sounded really neato at the time, and they pile up. And nobody thinks about whether or not they can actually afford this kind of debt. And it just, they keep on going until, well, they can't keep on going anymore. You know the, the expression, the Peter Principle, Ari? I've um, heard of it. Okay. The Peter Principle is a principle that if you're an employee and you do pretty well in your, in your job, you'll be elevated until the point that you can no longer be competent in the final position that you're in. Okay? Oh, the promoted to the point of, of incompetence. Of incompetence, yeah. yeah. You're promoted to the point of incompetence. Uh, now, there are many exceptions to that, of course, like, for example, um, the, the woman who wants to run, Carly Fiorina, who wants to uh, run for president, she went from a, a, a low-level low file clerk, I believe it was, at Hewlett-Packard and became the CEO of Hewlett-Packard. But that's very rare. Most of the time, people get elevated to the point of incompetence. And the same thing is true when it comes to debt. People in their relative states and such, 
they don't feel the pain of their debt until, well, they feel the pain of their debt. They just keep on going. Um, it's very similar to um, people who are on crack or heroin or any other drug, drug that, that uh, is addictive. They will keep on going until the point where they kill themselves. It's very rare for a heroin addict or a cocaine addict to simply say, you know what, I'm really, uh, I'm going too far. If I keep on going this way, it's, it's going to be dangerous for me, so I'm going to stop. Or I've had enough, I'm satisfied, Right. it's not getting any better than this. Right. They, 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 they don't put the brakes on themselves, they don't think to put the brakes on themselves. Something terrible has to happen uh, before either public shame or complete financial ruin or a major health crisis, and sometimes it's death. Car accident, <laughs> Car jail, hospital. Something like that, until, yeah. they, until they become sober. Likewise with the debt crisis in both Greece and Puerto Rico, and for that matter, all the, the, the debt crisis cities and states of old, including Detroit and, and now Chicago and such like this. It, you know, it, it, it doesn't dawn on any of the liberal mindset. Uh, very nice people, very well-intentioned, that all of these debt-ridden societies, whether it's a state, a country, or a city, are all wildly liberal, okay? They, it, they just don't get that. And let me make this, this distinction very clear because I, I think somebody took me to task on this and it was an unfair distinction that they made. And here's the distinction they made. They said, well, wait a minute, Barack. You know, um, there was a Republican governor of such and such state when, when they went bankrupt, so therefore your theory doesn't hold. No, no, no. No, Schwarzenegger was a liberal. Right. Well, put, put, <laughs> putting, a... putting that aside. No, no. I, I, I agree with you. He, yeah. was, he was an effective uh, a liberal. But I'm going to make it a little easier, more emblematic, and more of a global statement. It's not enough simply to have somebody who has an R after his name as a governor, as a mayor, as a senator. Or as, well, senators don't matter. Um, or even as a president. What matters is whether or not you actually adopt conservative policies. That's the point. So when I say that these debt-ridden societies are the products of liberal policies, that's what I mean, the product of liberal policies, not the product of being run by a liberal governor or a conservative governor. No, they are the product of liberal policies. And liberal policies include, without limitation, as we like to say in law, they include... Uh, pension plans, unions, um, uh, you name it, Ari. Pork barrel projects, yeah, yeah, yeah. make work projects, right. non-make work, legitimate projects, any form of minimum wage spending. Yeah, minimum yeah. wage requirements, um, all sorts of heavy regulations. These are liberal policies. Okay, That's what you guys on the left do. Okay, this is, and, and here we see the results of liberalism on steroids. Okay? And whatever works in America, whatever seems to function in America, including California. California, we're not like Puerto Rico or Greece right now. Right now, I say, right? But we're not. And, and why is that? Because we have enough conservatives in the state to put the brakes on the madness. That doesn't mean, of course, that liberalism, uh, liberalism works. It means that it's working, sorry, that the state is functioning in spite of the liberal policies. What I'm trying to tell you, my friends on the, on the far left, what I'm trying to tell you is that the natural result of your policies is Greece. 
okay? If, if you got what you wanted all the time, you would get Greece. You would be Greece. That's your problem, not ours. Your problem. And you should be saying, thank God there are conservatives to stop the mayhem that we are uh, ringing upon society. They were, we, are, we are unleashing. We're, we're crazy. That's what you should be saying. We liberals are crazy. It, not not in, a, in a mental way, but in a, in a way of like, we just kind of, we just keep on pushing for all these crazy things, all these crazy programs. Thank goodness the, the, there are adults in the state called conservatives who reel them back and say, no mas, no more. Nicht mehr, rien de plus, okay? In all, every language possible. We say no, no more, okay? And we, we try to put the brakes on. And it's, and it's very hard. And we still kind of see the, the debt piling up and such, but not at the rate and, this, and the, the magnitude that you, we now see in Greece and in Puerto Rico. You see, my friends? Now, please, I challenge you to find me any debt-ridden nation, city, or state that uh, has adopted conservative values. And has had conservative values for a right, long good point. time. Yeah, that's right. A that, that, city like, say, Plano, Texas. Right. Where is its debt? Yeah. You know? yeah. Why? Any, if you did a Venn diagram, right, and you, you, you chose all those cities, states, and countries that have enormous debt problems, okay, just, and then ask the question, how many of them are liberal or conservative? Okay, and yes, I know it would be somewhat subjective, but not really. You, you would find out that virtually all of them, and I'm leaving the possibility of the 1%. I, I just simply don't know what that 1% would be. But we'll say 99.5% of them would be liberal. Okay, the, if it were conservative, I would say the answer for that, the reason why it might be, is because of wild corruption. Or, or one other reason. Well, you, actually, you know, I, I differ with that because by definition, wild corruption isn't conservatism. Well, that's, that's a good well, point. Part of conservatism yeah. is virtue. It, it's, the fight of, yeah. uh, it's a fight against corruption. Right. So right. The, the reason I'd say that it does occur occasionally in conservative-run places, again, not Republican-controlled, but conservative-controlled, is natural disaster, a hurricane, a tornado. Tornadoes, let's say, in Oklahoma. Right. County or city. Yeah, so, so that's like not that. really a good exception. I, I, I just, I'm allowing for that possibility because, you know, it, it's certainly possible. I just haven't seen it. And, I, and I, I'm putting a challenge out there to our listeners, and maybe I'll do so on my Sunday show. Is there a, a particular debt-ridden city, state, or country that you can say, wow, you see, that's what conservative unleashes upon society? Yeah, not one. Not I, one. I, there really isn't. Not yeah. one. Yeah. I, I once on a, a show I was on last Saturday, uh, I, I posed this question. Would you want policies that are more like North Korea or policies more like Hong Kong? And if Hong Kong is a better place to live than North Korea, doesn't it isn't stand to reason that you'd want the policies governing where you live to be a little bit more like that than like North Korea? Right. If the two are polar opposites of philosophical ideas? Well, that, that's that's... That's an intellectually honest yeah. and complete thinking. But, but I bring the thinking. same question up about this. If debt-ridden places are liberal places and right. non-debt-ridden places are conservative, don't you want to be more like the non-debt-ridden uh, places? Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I, just going back to what your previous comment was, and then I want to move on to another topic. Um, 
where you said that uh, you would want to look at North Korea versus um, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Uh, you know, uh, to be fair, a, uh, a liberal listener would say, "Look, you know, Ari, what are you saying? I mean, we're not. North Korea is is using, uh, you know, socialism and communism only for its dictatorial purposes and only to control the people. That's not the same thing. You can't possibly equate the two. Uh, and so, I don't want them to be able to have that argument. I want to take that argument away from them. I agree with you. I think that is the natural progression, but they won't respond well to that." I think a, a, maybe a better uh, comparison is for them to say, look, look at Greece and look at Hong Kong. Hong Kong is a very good example because Hong Kong is more capitalist than America is. And which, which of the two would you rather be in? Right? I mean, from a, from a debt point of view, from a social structure point of view, and so on. Now, from the point of view of does the average person with nothing have a better chance of making something of himself and yeah. prospering here or there under right. this system or that? And, and will he, and what is his collective uh, part in the, in the national debt, right, compared to uh, what it is in Greece? All right, so the numbers are obscene in Greece, they're obscene in Puerto Rico, and uh, they're not at all obscene in, in Hong Kong. Okay, so Hong Kong versus Greece. Thank you very much. Yeah, you tell me. You, you tell me what's seen here. Yeah. based on yeah. what you said a minute ago. Right. So, and, and that's why we have these discussions. If we, if we were confident, Ari, you and I, in, uh, in, in the, the the integrity of the capitalist structure of the United States, and the moral clarity and the moral integrity of this of this country, we wouldn't have this show. We wouldn't focus on the show. We would focus on other things. Maybe, you know. Certain things are resolved, right? I mean, like, for example, we're not fighting the issue of whether or not people should drive on the right side of the road versus the left side of the road. That's, that's an argument that is decided, okay? We're not having a podcast about the merits of driving on the right side of the road. That's a good podcast. Right? <laughs> that's right. Okay, yeah. all right. No, you know what? You should do a whole Sunday radio show about There you that. go. Give that to the masses. Right. But we're not, that's an established thing, right? Yeah. And I, I only wish that our capitalism was established um, that, 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 like, like that we all should be driving on the right side of the road um, so that we wouldn't have to have this show, right? But we, we have to have the show because we need to, uh, well, broadcast the, 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 the simple basic concepts of capitalism and why it's great for this country. We have to broadcast why uh, moral... Uh, moral values are important values, are essential values for this Yeah, the country. reason this show exists is because based on the trajectory we both see society going, in five years we're going to have to argue about the merits of flossing. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, the, the merits of taking a shower, the merits of brushing your teeth, the merits of, of not spitting on people, the, the merits of wearing clothes. I mean, that, that's, that's what we're going to have to do. But, but the, the, and the, it's, it's as if we have to have a show um, saying, hey, look, you know, the traffic is just really crazy these days and everyone's running at each other. I propose that everyone drive on the right side of the road. How about that, folks? And, and you and I say it until we're blue in the face and other people say, no, you know, the equivalent would be that the, 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 from the liberals would be, no, no, everyone should be able to drive wherever they want to. Wherever they feel. Yeah, whatever they feel like. And, and yeah. those traffic lights, well, that's crazy. Yeah, why are you so filled with hate trying to get me on one side of the road versus yeah. the other? That's exactly Why the hate? <laughs> that's right. And uh, we should be shut down and everything else, right? Yes. That's, um, and they should boy, boycott the business. You're, you're a right side of the road uh, believer, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, 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 and anyone who feels differently, well, then, gosh, you're crazy. 
Anyway, it's, again, the difference between chaos and order. It always has been this way. And it, and it probably always will be this way. But unfortunately, the basic social fabric of market, free market capitalism and the notion that men and women are different and they should be treated differently, equally but differently, right, that, um, that uh, abortion is a bad thing, that God is a great thing. These are basics. And yet, here we are on the show having to say this basic stuff, which is the equivalent of us telling people we really think it's a good idea to drive on the right side of the road. And here we are. Here we are. Okay. So um, one of the things, the responses that you'll get from the left when it comes to the debt crisis and such, they'll say, it's been proven that austerity never works. To which I say, really? Really? Okay. Who told you that? Right? Did, did uh, Tom Friedman from the New York Times tell you this? No, Krugman. Krugman, Krugman told you that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, Krugman wrote that article like three days ago. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So, so let me get this straight. So if you have a country, or let's just say a city because it's a little bit easier, a city that just has gone crazy in terms of its entitlement programs, right? Let's say a entitlement program where everyone gets $10,000 a week. Okay? Everyone in the city gets $10,000 a week. And they've been getting it for, I don't know, ever for 10 years, the past 10 years, right? And that's the program, okay? And everyone buys with it whatever they want to. Got it. And then finally, people say, uh, you know, this is not working. We can't pay you anymore. You need to stop doing that. You need to, stop, to, to agree to stop receiving $10,000. We'll give you $1,000 instead. Oh, austerity doesn't work. <laughs> you, you need to continue giving us the $10,000. You see, because it doesn't work. What, what mindset could you possibly think that the, 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 the phrase austerity never works, how that can be applicable? How could you, that's like war is not the answer, right? Of course austerity works. We know that. I mean, if, if you are in, engaging in financial ruin with your business or your personal finances, what do you do? You tighten your belt. Would you ever say tightening your belt doesn't work? Of course it works. Yeah, it's like saying I owe a hundred grand to American Express. Right. Okay. And instead of paying the bill and not charging any more on the card, Krugman is saying, "No, extend the credit limit. It'll be fine." Yeah. You got. You can't stop spending now. <laughs> uh, you're right. right? Yeah. No, it's, it's, That's it's, his logic. It's and it's the same logic. And going back to the heroin addict, you you know, it, 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 you know, quitting. Heroin doesn't work, <laughs> right? Or morphine doesn't work, whatever it is, the, uh, the, the, the replacement for, um, for heroin. Or uh, going cold turkey doesn't work. You need to continue going on your heroin. Yeah. Okay? Oh, here's the perfect one. Liberals, uh, they'll love this argument, this perfect analogy. Quitting smoking doesn't work. Yeah, might you as well. You got cancer? Don't quit smoking now. Yeah. It's, it, it, Quitters it's... never win. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> but that's... Okay, so the point is, obviously, if you were engaging in this sort of reckless financial behavior, the answer to it is to stop engaging in the reckless financial behavior. The, the, the fact that you've created facts on the ground of reckless spending, you know, like, I mean, the, 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 one of the famous uh, 
Simpsons episodes where with Krusty the Clown and you know he's he's you know overly he's spending he's totally broke and he's spending so much money and he goes and, and he's going to his accountant and he goes well what do you think I should do and and the accountant says well for one thing I think you should stop your Fabergé egg collection addiction <laughs> right I'm like but I need them he says. Right. <laughs> and he says this in such a way like it's like so important that he keeps his Fabergé eggs but that's the way it is the Greeks want their Fabergé eggs they want it all right? They, why? They, they're entitled to it all this is their it's, the entitlement birthright. Attitude. it's their birthright <laughs> Right? Maybe We're the cradle of civilization. Uh, that's a good point. Know, well, they do have some sort of credit. We democracy. Yeah. I guess they could uh, call their, 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 uh, their favors in at that point. No, but look, um, it's, austerity does work. It's as simple as, as all the examples we just gave. It works in the micro level and it works in the macro level. It may be painful, especially if you've gotten used to something, uh, especially when you're talking about pensions and everything else. I get that. It, it hurts. On the individual level, it hurts. Okay? You stop getting your Social Security check, it's going to hurt. You stop getting your pension, it's going to hurt. You stop getting retirement plan benefits and all that stuff, it's going to hurt. I got that. But it doesn't mean that it's not the answer. It has to be the answer sometimes. And, and when a family, uh, they get fired. Yeah. The, father, the, 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 the chief breadwinner in the family gets fired. Guess what? Sometimes he's got to sell his house. And then maybe even move to a different town, and maybe even move to a smaller house. Right, but you know, austerity, you, austerity, yes, works. And you know, austerity sometimes has to happen. And from there, you can might be able to build back up. Right, but they also never ask, well, what hurts worse, austerity or the riots, the food shortages, the the toilet paper lines, yeah, that's the, a good point. the total collapse of society, the rubble that your kids will be growing up in, rather than the backyard. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what right. What hurts worse, moving to a smaller apartment because you had to sell your house, or being evicted onto the street by the, the creditors and the cops, and being homeless? Look, I... I they it, never ask what's worse. Right. It's a very good point, Ari. Look, here's, here's the issue as I see it, because... It's so plain as day to you and me, right? The analogies are, are very simple and straightforward. But the question is, maybe, I've, maybe I heard Krugman wrong. Austerity never works. But I, I think I'm actually quoting him. And I, I hear this from a lot of my liberal listeners and some good friends of mine who say, you know, study after study shows that austerity never works. No. It, study after study shows that people don't like austerity. I get that. Nobody likes it. Right. I mean, if I were to tell my wife that you know we can't go out as often every uh, you know every Saturday or can't go out to, to dinners every night, she's not going to like that. I'm not going to like that either. You know, and, and if we have to, if if I were to have to say we can't send our kids to this or that school and we have to maybe even move out of town, I'm not going to like that. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It does work because sometimes it's essential to do it. You've 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 bitten off more than you can chew. And it's, the problem is that you've taken on so much in the way of entitlements, and you think that the answer is doing more of the same, and maybe even spending more as a result, which is obscene, of course. That's like saying a drunk person should continue to drink alcohol, and not only that, but more of it. That, that's the insanity going on. So I feel like I'm a little insane here. I, I don't understand how anyone can believe this. I feel like someone might call in or write in and say, Brock, there's all, it's all been a big misunderstanding. 
like a threes company episode, right? Oh, I hope right? so. Right? <laughs> Thank it's, God. You didn't read Paul Krugman or whoever it is right. What they meant was <laughs> X, okay? Oh, oh I see. Okay. God. Gosh, yeah. golly, I don't know. I, but, but unfortunately, that day won't come because I, I know that it doesn't matter what the programs are, that they still feel, you know, they understand intellectually that you can, you can only spend what you have. They, they get that. But they still want all this program and that program, this program and that program, right? and it keeps on going on. And everyone should get their, the firefighters should get their share, the police should get their share, and God knows the teachers should definitely get their share. And then everyone who's ever gotten a pension should get their share, who's all been voting themselves in these outrageous fortunes. They should all be getting that because, you know, after all, it's a contract. And uh, that you say, okay, well, okay, other than that, let's start cutting the waste, <laughs> they say. Waste, fraud, and abuse. Yeah, but, but where? Where, where are you going to cut, start cutting? And, and they, they just can't answer that question. And at the end of the day, the people who really suffer are the, are the, are the small businesses, the ones that actually prop up the economy in the oh, first place. Oh, you mean the people not connected with the government largesse. Yes. Interesting. Exactly right. Yes. For some reason, it, hmm. does, it works that way. So and, I, 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 feel, I feel like somebody's going to write in and say, wow, you really went, you just went on a wild assumption, Barack and Ari, and then you just went to town and you wasted half an hour of your podcast, your valuable podcast time, explaining something that was just a big misunderstanding. Like I said, a big threes company episode, right? All of them are about big misunderstandings, right? And I, and I'm, but I, but I know I'm not misunderstanding it. I know this is what you actually believe. And I beg you, if you're on the far left, please look at Greece as your future. Okay? This is a cautionary tale. This is what happens when you don't have anyone to put the brakes on. Okay? We'll be there soon unless you understand that we've got to learn from them. Okay? Oh, I was going to say, if, uh, you, if you guys out there who disagree with us think we wasted our time, <laughs> you guys wasted your time listening to this. <laughs> That's number one. Well, second okay, of all, yeah. And second of all, um, isn't it funny how they always need studies to prove the opposite of the obvious? Right. You yeah, can't prove the opposite of the obvious without some university department doing a study on it. Right. Everyone. And, know- and what we're talking about doesn't need a study because it's obvious. Right. Everyone knows that the sun produces rain. <laughs> right. right. Stud- <laughs> studies show that. <laughs> right. Everyone knows that gravity makes things uh, go upward. Right. Yeah. Studies, studies show, show that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone knows that uh, men and women are the same. <laughs> studies show that. I mean, I actually had a woman. Um, uh, say, oh, that's the very issue. I, I started to tell her um, I, what I think is tremendously obvious, which is that men have much greater uh, a sense of uh, sexual uh, attention in their lives, in their day-to-day lives, than women do, right? We, we think about sex much more, okay? Our, you know, one, one of the things I'm that... sorry, I wasn't listening. I was thinking about sex. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I hope not looking at me in the process. But they see even a mannequin, for example, and they go, woohoo! You know, they get boobies. Yeah, they they start thinking in that in that domain, and that's fine. That's the way we're built, okay? And a woman, a very strong liberal, said to me, "Well, you know, that's not. I mean, I I'm sure you're right, uh, Barack, that that you feel that way. But but I can tell you, we women feel the same way too. And and a study has shown this. I said, really? How is that? And she said, Well, they had a study of of men and women both looking at, uh, you know, sex uh, acts, basically pornography." Uh, on a screen, and they they put uh, sensors at their appropriate places in their body, and uh, don't you know, 
there was reaction in among the women too. I said, oh, you're saying that women get aroused too. Duh! I know that they get aroused. That's not the point. The point is, do, 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 do they think about it on a, you know, just walking down the hallway in the office all the time? Yeah. Are they as aroused as we are seeing non-sexual things yes, yeah. that become sexual? Right, right. It's, no. It's, it's one thing when you get a, a prompt like pornography or something like <laughs> right. that. Uh, then, okay, I, you know, I understand that. And, it, and the intensity is far more for a man. That's why pornography is watched by, I think, 90% by men, right? And, and very little by women, relatively speaking. And, and of the women, it's probably a part of a couple, right? So that's just, it's just so basic. And I, and I, and I bring this up not, not because uh, I talk about men and women. I'm talking about the obvious. Studies show, right, this whole argument. And studies show, apparently, <laughs> that, um, that austerity doesn't work. Um, reality shows that it's a story does work, but that's those are that's not necessary. Reality is not important at all. It's so obvious in your own day-to-day life. You, anyone who espouses this nonsense that austerity doesn't work, if they themselves found themselves in a financial pickle, that they were constantly feeding this particular. Uh, Spending money on, on Fabergé eggs, for example, every week. The Fabergé of the Egg Month Club, right? <laughs> you know, and uh, <laughs> we should sell those. Just sell them. Hey, I, I have a new business idea. All of a sudden, right. uh, I'm quitting this podcast. <laughs> but but you can do that, right? And you realize, oh, you know what? I'm spending too much on. I'm going to quit my Fabergé of the Month Club <laughs> membership because, gosh, golly, twenty thousand a month is maybe too much, right? So you do that. You know that it works. You, you start saying, where can we cut our money? Oh, yeah. We're spending... T- I mean, I, just the other day, I was talking to my wife about, you know, I think we can, sp- I think we can shave off $500 from our general, you know, uh, utility bills slash uh, general expenses like that. Let's just do that. Let's find a way. We're going to run an extension cord to the neighbor's outlet. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> That's one way of doing it. No, but, but so we found a ways, we, you know, because things are changing all the time. We changed our uh, security uh, service to a much more efficient one, and we think a better one. They're cheaper by half. We changed our telephone service so that instead of using uh, a landline now, we're going to be using um, the, the, the Magic Jack thing with, with our same phone line. That's about one-fifth of the cost of what it was. Um, we're, we're in a drought, so we're not going to use the gardeners often. That's, we're saving about $50, $70 on that now a month. Um, and we shaved off $500. In other words, you've unemployed a bunch of illegal aliens. Oh, I'm How sorry. dare you? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, see, austerity doesn't work. <laughs> but the point is that we, we're saving money, and we, we, we want to save the money because, you know, frankly, one of our values is education for our children, right? And we, we are, we, we, and we want a Jewish education. So we're sending them to a Jewish school, and it's very expensive, and we've got to tighten our belts. So in other words, you're deciding to spend money over here on yeah. something that matters more to you than not spend money over here on something that matters less to you. Right. And if we want oh, to keep Oh, that's an interesting yeah. concept. And if we if we want to keep afloat, we've got to do that. That's and so it, austere. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. But people do that, right? That's the point. That these very same same people who claim that austerity never works, they would do exactly what I just said if they are it, it, the slightest bit responsible, if they are the slightest bit successful in their lives. It means that they have to make these decisions. And there are hard decisions. 
hard decisions. Yeah, as Evan said, said in his book, wouldn't it be nice if everyone who was liberal would just preach what they practice? Yeah, it's so true. Well, listen, my friends, um, I, I hope you've liked this podcast. I, I think there are very important ones. One is about uh, understanding that you need to take action in a measured way. And that measured way is, generally speaking, a conservative way, oddly enough. Uh, if you are beginning to think about the consequences of your action, you, uh, that means that you're probably thinking in a conservative way. It's the liberals. And when you talk about policies that are just kind of run amok, by and large, they're going to be liberal policies. And then likewise, uh, what we're just talking about now, about austerity and the notion of austerity and how it is that every single state, city, and country that uh, is suffering some sort of financial crisis, it's always a liberal one. Funny and how that works. Funny how it works. Can't see that. <laughs> My friends, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk with you next week.